And what I say to those that are looking to articulate their why and to live it daily is you need to have the time to work on yourself. Welcome to How Do You Feel, a podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavaleta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of How Do You Feel? If you're in Canada, happy family day. If you're in the States, happy President's Day, but happy long weekend to everyone. I love long weekends. I feel like in so many ways, I'm a different human when it's a long weekend. Having that extra day just allows me that extra little ability to turn off and get more into vacation mode and really decompress. So I hope that you all are having a similar experience with your long weekend. Very excited to share this episode of the podcast with everyone, I brought on a professional mentor of mine, Mo Hagen. I've been working with Mo over the last couple of months and I've been loving the mentorship that she has provided. She is an absolute powerhouse in the fitness industry. She brings a whole different level of passion and energy, which in and of itself is exciting and inspiring but she's also very insightful. Very insightful about what it is that you need to connect to to move yourself forward. How can you live each and every day connected to your personal purpose and in a way that is authentic and is done with heart? I knew soon after meeting Mo that I wanted to bring her on the podcast. Mo Hagen is an international award-winning fitness instructor and program director. She's the 2019 Canadian Fitness Industry Leader of the Year and an optimized 2020 top 10 women of power and top 100 health influencers since 2018. Mo is a regularly teaching group fitness instructor with Good Life Fitness and is the chief operating officer for CanFitPro, which is Canada's leading fitness education authority. This lady does it all. Like I said, she is a powerhouse and she's also very open and honest about the challenges that she faces in her career and in balancing that with her personal life. She's just really open and honest. So I really feel like everyone is going to learn something from this conversation. So without further ado, here is my convo with Mo Hagen. Hi, Mo. Welcome to the How Do You Feel podcast. I am very excited and honored that you're gracing the show with your presence today. So thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you, Casey. I'm so honored to be with you. This is going to be an exciting conversation. We've had the chance to get to know each other a little bit over the last couple of weeks, engaging in some professional And I would say merging into a little bit of personal mentorship. And I just look up to you so much and the concepts that you speak about and the way that you speak about them, they just really touch me. So I'm excited to share a little bit, a little snippet of your wisdom with the listeners. Thank you. And uh, I have to say, 
I tell, I say to people that Casey is a rock star in the making. You are such a refreshing breath of sunshine to the fitness industry. And you've accomplished so much in so few years that I tell you, you're just, uh, you're just going to blow up the entire universe with your presence and your wealth of knowledge. And most importantly, for the unique, the uniqueness that you bring in your own purpose and your own passion. So it's been my honor to work with you. Thank you so much. I've been very lucky to be surrounded by some awesome people that have really springboarded me forward very quickly. So I'm very grateful mm. for that. Mo, I want to start off by talking a little bit about stories. This is something that we spoke about recently. Stories are very powerful and they really allow us to connect to people and connect to concepts in ways that we don't when things are presented more as just information. So could you just talk a little bit about why it's so important for people to tell their stories and what is it about the power of a story? It's a fantastic question and so undervalued, especially today in this disconnected world. So first of all, you know, coming from an industry that's always being challenged by credibility, we always believe that science and facts have to lead, lead us as professionals. Um, over the 40 years that I've been working in a people-focused industry, you know, facts tell, but stories sell, sell conviction. But what I've learned most recently, especially in this COVID world of being separated, is that stories bring out your true person, your vulnerability, the emotional side of people. And that's what people relate to. When you can connect with someone and hear that their experiences, whether they're present or past, are something you can relate to, it automatically brings a connection between people. And then they'll lean in and they'll either listen with heart, not just with their head. They'll also feel that you know, you're guiding them to be okay. And this vulnerability now, the new emotional intelligence, which is becoming the higher intellect in human communication relationships and just being human beings. And I have found that the story, as long as you've own, you own it. So that means that you can bring the emotion to create that drive to impact another person as long as you bring that emotion with a sense of you know self-regard high self-regard then it creates impact that is well beyond the words that you tell or the words that you say mm -hmm. and um, it's been the way that I've connected in the last year beyond what I've been able to do for years and I've always been known as a great connector because I do I am a storyteller and I love to share experiences because I feel that it just delivers the point. But in the past year, when you don't take you can't take advantage of just being in front of somebody for a quick walk by meeting, you've got to share it through an experience. So people will take that invitation to connect with you. So mm -hmm. it's beyond the power of the words I just shared, but it should not be undervalued whatsoever, especially today. It's interesting what you just said there. I, I want to know more about that, about what's changed in the last year and the way that you tell your story or present yourself or try and connect to others. Because in the last year, we've all felt it. 
we're learning new ways to connect, but it often feels surface level. It feels Mm -hmm. just like it doesn't have that depth and beauty of emotion as easily as when, you know, we can all be in person and gather together. So what's changed mm-hmm. for you in the last year in the way that you tell your story? Mm-hmm. Well, two parts. One, listening more. It's one thing to tell a story, but that can just be all about you. But when you listen to the that one nugget that someone will say that either they're struggling with or they need insight or support with, you pick up on that nugget. And then through sharing an experience, therefore a story, you're able to impart wisdom and knowledge without just saying, well, here's what you need to do and be solutions focused, be story focused in delivering the solution. But it starts with listening. I would say for me, it's listening more because I am a being a visionary, I can see the possibilities. I'm quick to want to say, here's how we do it. And I say we, but here's how we do it. Let's get on with it. So listening more for me is important, but for others, it might be listening differently. And then the next part of bringing about the power of a story is that making the story relevant to the situation. And that's where you have to be careful to curate the story around the point that you want to make and not get off on a tangent. Uh, But those, in my opinion, the two things that have been different for me in this past year, realizing that I can't just take advantage of the kinesthetic energy I feel when I'm with somebody face-to-face. I have to feel it through a screen. Therefore, I have to listen differently or more and then shape it uh, the solution around an experience that I can impart to influence the person that's receiving my information to, you know, make their own decision. That's the, that's, I guess you could say that the triple hit right there. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting when you're trying to connect with someone, I feel like there's sort of two intentions that you can enter in with. And one is a little bit more self-centered. This person needs to hear my story and a little bit what you're saying and like telling them what you want them to do or what you want them to hear. And there's a different intention that you can go in with where it's more directed towards them and you are listening and you are just waiting and being and thinking more about what does this other person need and how can I relate what I've experienced to help them to understand what they're going through more deeply. It's an, it's a completely different intention. And I think you feel it. I think you feel it when someone tries to tell their story and they're not, they don't have that intention of an outward focus. It feels different than when Mm -hmm. you can tell that someone's thinking about your situation or being intuitive about who's in front of them or what what really is the landing point of that story without going off on a tangent as you've said I think those cross in very different ways I do absolutely agree with you and as you said that I was thinking about how how much I've learned from you as a coach and that it made me really tap right into if you listen and lead with heart then you'll be more apt to have your story be more outward serving than inward serving 
Mm. You know what? That's actually one thing that I feel like I've really appreciated about our session. So thinking about you as a coach, it does feel, it doesn't feel like you come in, like you come in with ideas and like, this is a great concept to talk about, but it doesn't feel like you come in and say, here's where we need to get today. It's very much, I can bring where I am and then we go from there. And I think, I think that's an important thing as a coach. So even for, you know, even for trainers, like we know when we're in the gym with clients, we're not just talking about the exercises that they're doing. Often we play the role of therapist or nutritionist or whatever it might be as well. And so I think having that ability to really listen is, is a hugely important skill that definitely shouldn't be underestimated. Absolutely. And one that we all can benefit from working on. Yeah, definitely. Let's talk a little bit about pivotal moments in your career. You've had quite the career in the fitness industry with many different facets and many different phases. When you look back and sort of think of those pivotal moments in your career, and it's interesting because hindsight is 2020 with pivotal moments, right? We can't exactly engineer them, but do any themes emerge when you think about those pivotal moments that you've had that you could sort of connect them together? Absolutely. This is actually quite an easy answer. Thanks to the very rocky start I had in the fitness industry to the rocky year we had last year, 2020, and that is taking chances. That came to me right away because when I started, when I left my dream career, the one I had since I was six years old to be a physiotherapist, and I left that full-time secured uh, income with pension for Mm -hmm. a career and a position within a company that was yet determined to grow, but not guaranteed. And I left that with not a single person that thought what I was doing was smart, sensible. I trusted my heart, not my head. And I took the chance and I remained open-minded to the opportunities Mm -hmm. and understood that my passion at the time, even though I didn't really understand my purpose, like what what am I here to do in this world, in this industry? Didn't really understand it back 29 years ago, when I left, I started working full time in the fitness industry. I've been in the industry for almost 40. Um, But what I realized then and what I realized from looking back just past year, where we had no idea what we were doing, or how to do it, we just knew we had to, that was our purpose. As CanFit Pro, it was taking chances, it was being open minded to blaze a path that no one mapped out for me. And it was recognizing the opportunities and understanding that if I trusted my gift, which is my intuition, and I led with passion, that would be my fuel to keep me going during the rocky times, both in my first year where I'm sure I wanted to quit at least six times. (laughs) And that theme threaded through the most difficult times I've had in the fitness industry or obstacles that I faced. And, you know, there's no straight road pause, no matter what the road book you've read, but there's no straight road. So I really understood that has threaded through my entire career. It has become my superpower of just taking chances because it reminds me that we can't get lost in all the detail in our minds of what's 
perfect, what's right, what has everyone done before us, where are the facts, you just have to go on what you believe is possible. And then I and trust that the teachers will appear that you need along the way, or your mentors, your guides. And when you know why you're doing it, the way will appear. And that's part of taking chances. Awesome. I, I love that. It brings me back to kind of what's been my theme over the last couple of months, which has just been trust and surrender. When we try to white knuckle our way through and control all of the aspects and all of the pieces, the only thing it does is brings us more anxious, stressed energy into what we're doing. And it doesn't allow our heart to do what it's meant to do in that aspect. Also, if you're constantly looking around and following what's been proven before and following what other people have done that seems successful or emulating someone else, you're not being a leader and you're not going to see the success because time is always changing. Times are always changing. The model in the fitness industry that worked even one year ago, if I was exactly trying to emulate and copy that as a gym owner right now, it wouldn't work. You'd be behind. Absolutely. The only, the only option is to take those chances because we're, we're in a different time. So if you want to be a leader and you want to have that success, I think, I think it's a must. In fact, the Euro Greek language defines leader as pathfinder. Mm. And just to your point, if you wait or follow what's been done before you, then you're actually a follower. So you have to determine where you want to be. And there's no wrong place in the flock or the path, the team. You just, if you want to be a leader, you've got to be out front taking chances. And those chances mean that you're going to walk a path that has not been mapped out or walked. And there are going to be so many people not on your path, but they're out there in the fields and they're actually not cheering you on. They're actually saying, you know, you shouldn't, you couldn't, and they're shouldn't all over you about what's not possible. And I love the word, I love the word impossible because within that word is I'm possible. And the other thing that I love is that when you tap into what motivates you, your motives, we all have social motives that drive us uniquely as humans. When I tap into my primary motive and that primary motive is not power, title. You know, I've been blessed with promotions and opportunities, but it's that overcoming highly challenging times that's when my mojo is fueled to the top it's when you you know my mom used to say you can't do this and my inside voice would say yeah watch me (laughs) and I would be fired up and that's when I would want to prove them wrong or my mother wrong she forgives me but um, I wanted to prove myself possible And so that's the thing I really believe is that as leaders, we have to be willing to take those risks and not know what the heck we're doing and be okay with that because our unique gifts will give us the strength to figure it out. And the path, again, the way appears, the universe is here to serve us, not to, you know, cut us down unless we don't listen, right? So I think that'll tie into perhaps some of our discussion around women in leadership, but I truly believe that for leaders, we have to walk that path for people to follow. You talk a lot about 
purpose and finding your why and your primary motive. I can tell it's definitely something that means a lot to you. I think sometimes when people try to clarify their why, it can feel a little bit theoretical. And it can be harder to pull that down into now that I've clarified my true why, how do I take that into my everyday life? And how do I have that influence the tasks that I do on a daily basis? How can someone do that so that it's actually like knowing their why and having that clarity is actually functional for them on a daily basis? That's such a great question, especially today, Casey, because the new, new, mission or vision is your purpose. There's a lot of movement around knowing your why is just really bringing it right back down to one or a few things. And that's what happens is people make it so theoretical because they make it too complicated or set overzealous goals or statements mm-hmm. and they need to be actionable, but they also need to be something that you can you know, bring into your life every day without effort. It really, the effortlessness of showing up in your authentic self, serving the world with your why needs to feel that it's just part of who you are. And that's, and I agree with you. A lot of people try to make it contextual and therefore it's just unachievable. It, they can't relate to it. If your heart strings or even more deeply your soul isn't speaking to you, you know, those whispers that say, I'm meant to do this, or you should not be focusing on that. You really got to go deep and do the deeper work, not the surface job of this is my goal for 2021. And don't get me wrong, I think goals are great, but they need to be simple. They need to be simple. They need to be something that you can apply in the actions of your day, not the other way around. You don't do the actions to have the connection, to be the person you want to become. That's the reverse of the be, do, have pyramid. And that's the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, Conversations with God. We got to think about the being first. And what I say to those that are looking to articulate their why and to live it daily is you need to have the time to work on yourself. And that may be working with someone to help you find that whole why statement that represents you, that you can say, oh my gosh, this is how I've been my whole life. I've just been afraid to live it. Having uh, time for yourself. You, again, are a great coach on balancing your time so you can have the quiet time for soulful reflection, gratitude, journaling, meditation. And when you can find quiet time to listen to your soul's whisper, then you'll get clear on your why. Mm -hmm. And then asking yourself, Am I in alignment with that? Because we can get lost in the doing and then that makes your why continue to be more than it should be. Um, So it should be a single statement. And again, that's something that takes time to find. Uh, It should be something that we can just articulate. If someone were to ask you, you know, what do you do? You simply can say in one statement, you know, I exist to lead and influence people to make healthy and positive changes and progressions in their life so that they're living their true healthy purpose or whatever that statement might be. And it, understand that will also change as you move through your journey. Um, but I, I have to agree, this is the hardest piece of the work. People know their passion. 
they they look for successes, but it's that piece in the middle, the purpose that is really the mission that gets the rocket moving to get you to the moon. Could you maybe give us an example of a purpose statement that might be like you're talking about like too lofty and not simple enough? Like what's one that someone in the fitness industry might have that's just not grounded enough? It's important to know who you want to serve, but when you're attaching numbers, number of clients, dollars you want to make, titles you want to achieve, it's all that doing and achieving. If you attach that into your purpose statement, then you've gotten yourself off track with really what your purpose statement should be. It's more in you, who you are and how you choose to show up every day, because then all of the, that success will happen if you're in alignment with your why. So I believe that people make it too much, too many sub goals within the one and trying to measure it. That's forcing it. Just trust in just getting clear on that one simple statement about who you are versus what you want to accomplish. The being versus the doing. Yeah. Yeah. Does that help? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what another, this kind of just came to me, what maybe another way to say it be, your purpose should not be something that it takes energy for you to do. Your true purpose is something that gives you energy. Brilliant. I'm writing that down. <laughs> yeah, it, it shouldn't take your energy. It should give you energy because that's truly part of the equation. When you're in alignment with your purpose, yeah. then you add passion and it's the fuel. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the fuel in the rocket that soars to the skies, but it, it should give you energy, not suck your energy or take your energy from you. That's brilliantly said. Awesome. Awesome. Because once you, once you were talking about the outcomes and the goals, like those are all just things that you're peddling for and you're striving for. But when you're in alignment with your purpose, you know how this feels. You draw energy from the universe and it feels like it feels different than when you're chasing something that's simply outcome-based, really more about the ego with the, you know, you're talking about hours or money or titles or all of these things. Mm -hmm. Like those are fine goals to have, but you have to understand that it's not, that's not really a, a purpose statement as you're saying. Yeah. And that's a very good uh, red flag as well for people who will get lost. We all do. I'm sure that at least a couple times a week, I'm asking myself, okay, why am I feeling drained? Am I pushing this versus am I attracting this? Mm. Am I pulling people or pushing people? So I just said both to have both positive and negative impact, but it shouldn't feel like you're having to push your point or you know, push people. It's more about pulling and attracting the people that you are meant to be connected or aligned with and that you're moving things along versus pushing things along. Because I really don't believe that we're all going to jump out of bed every day, our feet not hit the floor, and we're just going to soar every day, every day, every week, every month, every year, there's going to be times where we need to reboot. But that, like you said, if it's still that feeling of, you know, giving it versus taking it, then it's going to help keep you on track and bring you back to your soul whispering what you're truly meant to be, to be. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And those ups and downs are, are part of being a human. So the more that we can embrace going on the full roller coaster with the ups and downs, I think, I think the better. Mo, I want to, yeah. I want to talk a little bit about women in fitness, maybe female leaders in fitness. Um, from your perspective, what do you think are the biggest challenges that females who just want to engage in fitness, not necessarily professionals, but females that want to engage in fitness face today? And that is a loaded question today. And it's a new world today than it was even a year ago with everything happening um, with just diversity, inclusion, the whole disparity. Um, I feel the one word to define it is comparison. And I can't say that it's just been this year. Women have been comparing themselves to other women and to what is perfect, what is um, success, what is thin, what is fit, um, what is accepting, what is um, beautiful, what is right. I could go on and on, but comparison to each other. And with social media, it's made it a bigger issue today you know, when I went to university and even in high school, I compared myself. I thought that to fit into the popular group, I would have to be like Charlene, my best friend, the athletic, beautiful, smart one. And I strived my entire elementary and high school to fit in and compare myself to the, you know, who I thought was better than me or everything that I didn't think I possessed within me. And I lost myself. I didn't even know who I was until I reached adulthood when I started standing up and standing up for myself and letting my own strength shine. So the comparison one has led to so many of the issues with body image issues and body shaming and bullying. And of course, body dysmorphia. You have such a vast background and experience working with women and through your own experiences with this as well. But this happened to me in school and um, I suffered through body image dysmorphia in university. It was part of society, you know, to be, to make the team, I had to weigh 105 pounds or less. And that for me was not achievable, but guess what? I love lofty challenges. I achieved it. it was my, one of my most unhealthiest, unhappiest and I thought I was successful, but one of the worst years in what I can remember growing up. And that was just in university. So that is the biggest challenge I feel women face. And it continues today. And it's the fitness industry needs to help women. And I do believe that there is a lot of opportunity for transform transformation in everything that we do from marketing to how we speak, to how we coach, how we train and how we help fellow women, because we ourselves will criticize and bully perhaps and judge and, um, you know, cut each other down. And that's facts yeah. find in science through the tall poppy research of Dr. Rumit Billen. So uh, sadly it exists probably as bad as it was bad as it is today as it was when I went through uh, the beginning of my fitness career um, and that is something that we're we need to continue to strive to change absolutely I couldn't agree with you more many of the challenges that I faced as well that we've spoken about with body image but losing myself and not feeling good enough 
Exactly what you're saying. So many of those challenges, they came from comparison, looking outward, spending all of my time directing my focus at what someone else had that I felt like I should or what someone else had that I didn't in my mind, right? Who knows if like, obviously those thoughts aren't, weren't necessarily rooted in reality, but that was my perception. So much time spent that way. And then what that results in is it leads to that animosity, cutting other women down because you're keeping them at an arm's length because you're automatically sizing yourself up against them instead of creating an environment where it's just support and everyone is worthy no matter what, you know, what aspect exactly that we're looking at. But it is yeah. such a massive problem and something that we, we really need to consider. How do you think we stop doing that? <laughs> How do you think we get better with this constant comparison game that we do on social, that we do in gyms, all of this stuff? Mm. Well, first of all, we need to embrace healthy, authentic conversation and not speaking up is not having a conversation. So if you see something that represents what we're talking about, you see another woman criticizing themselves or you or someone else, call them on it mm. and do it with heart, do it with caring, but have a conversation and be curious, seek to understand, not be understood, but seek to understand and perhaps invite reasoning or further, you know, further discussion around, well, what would that look like in your mind? And then perhaps that's where you ask them to reflect. Is that your judgment or is that the way we really should be looking at what, you know, a healthy figure should be today? So that's the first thing is having the conversation. As my dear friend, um, Julie Black, who I've had many healthy conversations since um, the Black Lives Movement specifically, having conversation, be brave to step into the gap and not be afraid to say the wrong things, the wrong words, because by saying nothing at all, you're guilty or you could be perceived as guilty of actually promoting that action or that language. So that's the, where it begins. The next one is education. Of course, that's something that Camp at Pro is embracing. We've had one of our most successful webinars um, well, actually, it was a webinar within our virtual series. It was two of the top 155 sessions was on body image and body positivity. And uh, it was facilitated by an expert in body image and body positivity, Beth Yarzab. And the conversation was invaluable and so welcomed. The feedback was by far the greatest we've ever received. And that is now springboard for more education and courses and things that people can do to actually understand how they need to evolve, pivot, shift, change, reinvent our culture. Yeah. I love both of those showing up with heart and vulnerability, which is hard, especially in a culture that we're creating. That's um, a silencing culture. I think. And so I think it's, it takes courage to, to say, yeah, I want to have those conversations and it's easiest done, of course, on a, on a one-on-one -on -one basis. I'm more of a, an intimate level of just saying, I, I see you as a human and I want to learn more about you and um, yeah, and relate to you. And then I think education is incredibly powerful, a huge, huge value of mine and something that, um, you know, I'm just always seeking to learn. And I think, I think the most exciting part about it is 
for what you know, there is an infinite amount that you don't, right? And so being willing to say that that's the case and open your mind to what else it can receive, I think is, is a very important thing to do. So I love both. It's a gift as well. I always say, Casey, the more, you know, the more you realize how much you don't know. A hundred percent. Exactly. Yeah. Mo quickly, let's just touch on what you see as sort of the biggest challenges for women who are in the fitness industry for fitness professionals and trainers. Oh, my favorite subject. And I could talk about this for a long time, but if I had to sum it up, the greatest challenge for women in the profession, whether you're a trainer, you're a manager, a director, run a company, or stand or sit on a board of directors, is uh, understanding that what you bring to the table, to the conversation, as a female, may be perceived by our opposite and complementary gender of males as being you're too emotional bring this vulnerability that shows weakness. At least that's what it was in the past. And I can cite situations where I've witnessed and for my, and I've experienced myself where I hear, oh, Mo, you're just being emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mo, you're just having a bad day. I mean, I could go on and say a few other things, but I'll refrain from that. And again, if we listen to that, how like I, I now say to myself, why did I think I had to listen to that? Because women bring the high intelligence today that is invaluable. And that is emotional intelligence, which is cited again in the research is far greater than our male colleagues. And mm-hmm. we need to learn how to bring that to the conversation and not quieten our voice and to stand up and speak out and stand in your own strength and power. Now, my own experience on this, again, is the reason I probably wanted to quit a dozen times over is when I was, I was told to stop being emotional, be quiet. I can remember that from grade school, stood in the hallway a lot, <laughs> um, but just being shut down, that my voice didn't matter and my feelings didn't matter. But now that I've realized that that is the connector that is what brings wholesome conversation and the whole conversation and the whole viewpoint to the table it represents over half of our industry being female we need to bring the female conversation to that table and to our peers so I would encourage women to know the strength of having emotional intelligence and that vulnerability and bring that, but balance it out as well with the relevance of the conversation. And that is to me, uh, what is making more women rise. There is a women's rising going on right now in the world. If you look out there to all of the new prime ministers and presidents around the world, the list just goes on how many of them are now women and younger women. And that is what's changing the face of our, you know, industry and our movement of our industry to where it needs to go, but it needs to go with a, a, a joint conversation. And that's the power that women bring. That's the one of many powers, but that is a really important one. And it is a struggle. I will say it is a struggle for women. So it's easy to say, 
And that's where a lot of women are doing a lot of, you know, soulful work, professional development and personal development to understand who they are and the strengths they bring. And the more you can learn about yourself, the more that you will understand what your gifts are. So many of these concepts that we speak about are very easy to say and much harder to do, (laughs) but especially Mm. for women, I agree with you finding and using your voice and knowing that your intuition is valuable and important. I think that's one of the most important things for women. So I Mm. love that. Mo, if people want to learn more about you, want to find out what you're up to. You're constantly up to, I feel like five different things. You always have five different balls in the air. Um, <laughs> where do they go to do that? Where can they learn more? The best, uh, the best place is my website, mahagan.com. That's where you can subscribe and receive my blogs and hear what I'm up to uh, on social media. It's Maureen Hagen on Facebook. I'm also uh, on Instagram at, um, at Mo Hagen and then other handles are Mo underscore Hagen because someone else is a Mo Hagen out there. Uh, <laughs> but I am on social media. I like to connect. I will say, Casey, that I I also reach out and get help where I can then stay focused on what where I serve. So I do get some help to shape some of my messaging so I can um, stay connected and be out there, but also to um, keep things along one certain trend or path, uh, which is part of my brand, Mo Hagen which is moving people forward. Awesome. Thanks, Mo. And I'll get all of that linked up in the show notes as well so that people can check it out. Again, thank you very much for this conversation. Always stimulating and thoughtful with you. I appreciate it so much. And I'm looking forward to the listeners getting to experience it as well. So thanks a lot. Oh, my pleasure. Great to be with you. Thanks so much for listening to How Do You Feel? If you're enjoying what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Rate and review the podcast. Those ratings and reviews really do go a long way. I appreciate them all so much. Better yet, share the podcast with a friend or family member that you think would benefit from the messages that we talk about on How Do You Feel? All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I hope everyone has a great week. And as always, remember, get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.